I'm Jack Semlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2017 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. Today's program, Integrating the Internet of Things into Agriculture, is once again being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, make sure to let us know. We'll make every effort to get it listed there as well. And a reminder that by subscribing, you will be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge, proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. And an invitation to come join us at the third Precision Farming Dealer Summit which will be held January 8th and 9th in Louisville. The theme of this dealer-only event is bridging the precision profitability gap and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. For more information and announcements, visit www.precisionsummit.com. Well, one of the more buzzworthy terms in the consumer business world is Internet of Things, or IoT for short. While a bit ambiguous, the IoT trend is emerging in agriculture, with companies moving conceptual designs into commercial development. Wrapped around the goal of smarter farming, IoT's application in agriculture is rooted in integration, simplicity, and efficiency. But how far along is agriculture in its adoption of IoT concepts, and what does the future hold for development of these progressive platforms? At the 2017 Farm Progress Show, we visited with companies to find out how each of them define the Internet of Things within their respective company, along with an outlook on the timeline and target markets. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Edge, we share excerpts from these conversations, and we begin with Jim Ethington, Vice President of Product with the Climate Corporation. I mean, I think the I think the biggest the biggest impact is going to be something that maybe maybe people don't think about all the time when they hear Internet of Things, which is a little bit of a, a popular buzzword. Uh, but is the the connected cab, the connected piece of farm equipment that allows you to seamlessly stream into into one central account for you all the information that comes off of a piece of equipment, and uh, you know whether that's a planter, a sprayer, a combine. Um, I think that's going to revolutionize the way that data actually gets used. You know, we've been asking growers for a while, what are the main uses that you have for the data that you collect, and uh, this was now. A few years back, so maybe it's changed, but by far the number one response was, I am saving it for later when somebody figures out how to do something useful with it. And so, um, you know, this idea of making it easy to put all that data in one place and actually 
doing the hard work to figure out how to, to turn that into insights and, and better decisions. Um, it all starts with a connected piece of machinery because it's just really um, a lot of work to, to move data around all the time by hand and things like that. And, and uh, you know, a lot of that data doesn't end up getting, getting used. I do think there's a lot of other opportunities on the, you know, the Internet of Things space in, in agriculture. One of the, the other big ones is around sensors. So whether that's a soil moisture sensor that's in the furrow at, the planting, at planting time or a nitrate sensor that you can carry around with you or also potentially mount on a, you know, a piece of equipment moving through the field, there's, just, there's a lot of information that, that we'll be able to um, collect. And hopefully, if you can do that in a way that A, is easy and uh, in line with what growers are already doing and B, not just another piece of data I can't figure out what to do with, but really connected to a decision uh, in a way that gives me confidence that, uh, that this is backed up by, by good data. I think those, those two things together have uh, a chance to really change the game. You mentioned easy, and that's obviously something I'm sure you probably hear quite a bit, yeah. know, both from, from customers and, and you know your dealers. Everybody's looking for that solution, but it seems that what we're seeing here, uh, especially in the last several years, is part of that process involves automation. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about data collection, um, you know, what are you seeing then with that? I mean, how do we get to that easy step through automation, but making it... I guess, kind of digestible, acceptable, you know, when you're talking about bringing that to the end user. Um, so are you thinking about automation in terms of like um, automating the process of capturing data or actually automating the farm equipment itself? Well, more on kind of the data capturing. I yeah. mean, you, you mentioned you've talked about kind of the, you know, the integration now and so many, so much of that process is now kind of built into the machinery. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of moving forward to um, getting it to the to the point of, you know, it's, it's a button push away or it's a swipe yeah. away. Um, but obviously, you know, that's a step when you're talking about kind of this whole concept of the Internet of Things. Yeah. That seems to be part of the process. So when we're kind of bringing that into the agricultural realm here, um, you know, how are we seeing that kind of develop? Yeah, uh, I mean, historically, it's been it's been tough. Uh, if you have a couple different pieces of equipment, maybe even a different brand or two, um, and some of that equipment's not really set up for this, um, it can be a fair number of complex steps. Uh, that's one of the things that we're so excited about our our product, the FieldView Drive. Yeah, you can you can step into now most pieces of equipment. Um, that you're going to run through a row crop field and in two minutes you plug that into the diagnostic port and it's streaming data to your iPad and then that you know, goes up to the cloud and so um, that the drive device that works across colors of paint that uh, is easy to plug in and set up that's reliable um, that makes a big difference because if if you have to try and figure out or buy some really expensive piece of new equipment to connect something um, you know the fact that it's uh, it's reasonably priced. It works with off-the-shelf products like the iPad. Um, that's already itself pretty easy to use. Uh, you know that that's really accelerating the uh, adoption of, of the you know, connection and automation. So, um, and we've seen that with uh, with our customers. You know, people find it quite easy, um, and they see the benefit once they've done it. That's I think the big thing is even if even if it's easy, it's still got to be valuable. 
and so uh, we're we're uh, hoping that we you know we continue to increase our ability on both fronts. Well, you acknowledged uh, you know the fact that um, you know kind of the Internet of Things is is maybe somewhat of still a, a buzz term, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially when we're talking about agriculture, but. How much of a learning curve, both from from a, I guess a, a developer standpoint, mm-hmm. and then also kind of a customer adoption standpoint, do you think we're going to see before we get to a point where uh, we're going to start seeing kind of some of the some of the impact and some of the results that you know certain companies such as yourself are looking for uh, yeah. as far as progressing in this area? Um, you know, I think I think we're already seeing that impact today. Um, you're right that there's there's definitely a learning curve. Um, there's a learning curve for the, the grower. There can be a learning for, curve for the dealer. There's a learning curve, uh, and there has been for us about um, you know how to make it simple, how to make it easy, how to how to lead that right into well, what can I what can I do about it? Um, and we'll continue to, to learn on that uh, those fronts. But um, you know, in terms of seeing the impact, I think where we've come in just the last two short years, we're already seeing quite a bit of that. You know, in terms of the the number of customers we have with connected equipment that um, you know they're already doing this today and you know tens of millions of acres of of that type of interaction and that's uh, I think the the bigger question is how do you take that to a larger and larger part of the market and so um, you know as I look across the um, the competitive landscape um, I, I hope that you know we're the furthest up that learning curve in terms of really applying the idea of connected connectivity and connected piece of equipment into this this bigger picture of what a grower needs to do, um, and we've just we've seen a great response from our customers that they see a lot of value in it. So, and and this is you know maybe still somewhat of an abstract term, but how do you define the Internet of Things in agriculture? You know, I I think about it in a couple different ways um and i often you know the word that i come back to is is connected um and that just seems to apply more than you know internet of things seems kind of vague as to what you really mean so i still think within that bigger category is the idea of a connected cab so how do i take whatever piece of equipment i have traveling through that field and whatever data is being generated by it and stream it seamlessly into one place. Uh, I think of a, a connected field. So whether I have a soil moisture monitor or a rain gauge or a pivot, uh, whatever it may be, or a, you know, a trap that catches insects or moths or something like that, how do I similarly from something that's sitting there in the field, you know, stream that up into, into the cloud? And so it's really all about take, taking these uh, pieces of data that are coming up and being able to seamlessly stream that into into some sort of uh, central and connected location, uh, and I think you know those really start to to fill out what we're going to see in agriculture around around IoT, um, and I think the big uh, the big innovation drivers and you know the the part I would just underscore is that it's you know, being able to get a high quality measurement off of the device is obviously super important having it be reliable and sending that data through to where it needs to go but at the end of the day if it's uh if it's not helping a grower see roi you know you could have the the world's most uh 
uh, cool looking gizmo, but you're not going to get the value out of it and you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to really interest growers uh, unless you can do that. Many of the IoT trends in precision agriculture are migrating from consumer products like voice activated systems or monitoring apps that allow us to remotely manage our home's thermostat, lighting or home security systems. We talked with Scott Brotherton, product marketing manager at John Deere, about the origins and intersection of consumer adoption of IoT platforms and how ready the farming industry is for them. So for me personally, I'm a total geek about all of this. So I have an internet connection, I have Google Fiber, and then with that internet connection, I have so many things connected to the internet, whether it's my sprinkler system controller, I control that with my app, I have a RoboVac that I control with uh, Alexa, so I have Alexa okay. that's uh, controlling my RoboVac. I have uh, Alexa controlling my Sirius XM. I have Sonos, and uh, I have Wemo plugs, and so I just have use the internet for just about everything to try to make my life a little bit easier, at least in my mind. I don't know if my wife agrees with me, but uh, so you're you're all in. I'm all in. Yeah. So now, if you you think about, or at least for me, if I think about how I use technology, and I, I probably am not like every person, especially my friends. My friends think I'm a total geek, and they probably don't or can't justify the dollars that are spent. But I see the value that's extracted by having these technologies. And so if I'm looking around in our industry, and you know, I'm thinking about John Deere, especially with the JD Link Connect, and so that's really that internet, right? So that's the connection from the machine to our cloud service, which is the John Deere Operations Center. You know, for many years, that was really the start of all of it. But as we keep evolving here, now there just seems to be endless opportunities with that connection. So for instance, now we have these connected software apps like My Analyzer in My Operations. Again, if it wasn't for the JD Link connection, we wouldn't have that. So it almost provides all this information in real time, which is pretty exciting stuff. So as we look out in the future, I really think you're going to see more of that. As long as you have that machine connected to the internet via a wireless connection, I think it's I think it's limitless the opportunities to, to get more information, to, to gain more insights. Whether you're a farm manager or whether you're an agronomist or ag retailer, it's going to help you or help that grower do more with less. So for someone like you, who's who's obviously like you said. Uh, probably a little bit further down the curve yes. uh, on adoption of certainly some of the consumer technologies. How do you overcome some of the challenges for the people that are on the other end where they're, you know, still kind of just kind of dipping their feet in? Maybe, you know, some of this stuff might be uh, a little intimidating. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So I have that side of the spectrum, even my own friends and family, and, and they don't even want to touch it. I think it's one of those things where it's all about awareness and providing that message and it, it, it's more or less you have to explain help them understand the why why does it matter if you just tell them that technology is cool it's not going to be enough for them to, to to do more than just dipping their toe in it so in order for them to actually take more chances and think that it can actually help them it, it's really trying to explain why it matters and and then you kind of get into the what and the how so i think once you get that and again, it's all about dripping on them, and, they, they, and then they have to see it for themselves. And I think once they see what the internet or these technologies can do for them, I think then it's just going to snowball from there. 
So, so when you talk about kind of the uh, the egg industry and the farmer, you mm-hmm. know, kind of getting involved, and, and you know, probably for some folks, uh, they probably already are and may not even realize that they're they're you know involved in, in IoT to the extent that they maybe are. But um, you know, does it start with an entry point? You know, where where's that starting line where you're going to say, okay, um, you know, this is where you want to be now, and this is where we can get you then, and say, you know, five years. I think for us personally, we've had J-Link for a while now, mm-hmm. and I don't know that customers have realized the value of that connection, but I tell you what, now that our dealers, there's another J-Link subscription that's available, and it's really for them to, to further engage with those customers, their customers, and provide unparalleled support as compared to what they've had in the past by having this connection. And then so dealers providing these services and they're, and they're using that connection as a means to provide the support, right? So they can diagnose the machine before they go out to the field. They're gaining efficiencies within the service department. They're helping the customer uh, minimize downtime. Well, since the customer is part of that equation, they're starting to see for themselves the value of the connection. So what's really happening, it's kind of a, a phenomenon for us, I feel, that now they want to go ahead and upgrade to Jalen Connect and use wireless data transfer and really take it to the next step. So now, they have to understand why it's important to capture the data, get in the operations center, and then once they understand and see the efficiencies gained as a result, especially for those people that are supporting them, like their dealership, it's just going to make that much of a, of a difference for them, yeah. for really everybody. Right. Well, and so much of this now seems to be geared toward uh, simplicity, you know, and, and everybody's looking for an easier solution, uh, you know, and, and integration, and, and what's going to be the, the end game there, but. Um, it seems like, you know, moving in, in this way where you're, you're going to get things, uh, you know, more compatible, consolidated. Um, and, and, you know, you reference it even from the consumer standpoint, you know. Uh, obviously, tools like, you know, Alexa are, are designed to kind of make things easier for you, uh, simplify things. Uh, you see the same kind of uh, intersection then when we're talking about egg. Are we kind of moving in that same parallel direction then with some of the technologies and, and how we're developing kind of IoT? Well, yeah, so I think if you look at the S700 Combine, and we just launched that Combine, mm-hmm. I think all the embedded technologies are really starting to get us there where most of it, or it's getting closer to being fully automated, right? So it's really exciting. But then as part of that automation, it's got to get to the point where it's automatically all the data that's collected into the operations center, and then you start you start self-cleansing that data, make sure it's accurate, good information, and then, and then sharing that out with others can make a difference. So I think as we go along, you're starting to see that little by little. It may not be evident to, to a lot of people, but if you're around it all the time, you, you kind of start seeing it firsthand. And so, you know, as John Deere evolves our ecosystem, but you know, there's still a lot of customers out there that have mixed fleets. Well, we really feel like we're the most open platform in the industry, which really gives our growers, our customers, even even more opportunity to bring this data in. So if they have a Raven display or Aggregator display, so you have this competitive data display that can be brought into the operations center that can be consumed. And this really, this hub, if you will, the operations center really becomes uh, the center of their, their entire operation. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Another element to the advancement of IoT and Ag is connectivity and flow of data. This was a point emphasized by Luke Zerbe, brand marketing manager with New Holland. So Luke, I mean, uh, I- IoT is, is obviously a big buzzword here in Precision Ag right now, but in, in terms of you know how you're looking to define that, wh- where you see some of the greatest opportunities lie in, in the company structure that you have? 
Uh, I mean, I think as far as trying to define it, I'm not trying to define uh, IoT at this point uh, because it's it's going to continuously change. Everything with precision farming, we're just seeing it evolve so quickly. So we're just trying to start to tie in and how are we defining it today and what opportunities did that open up for us as we move forward with our precision farming offering and, and how that was tied together with our regular OAM offering. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot of different things. And right now, one of the some of the big things that we're focusing on is is really that connectivity is one of the biggest issues that we're, we're making sure that we get out there and we have that capability. Uh, trying to work with a lot of different groups out there uh, with our APIs. So, so you get into the PLM Connect portal that you make sure that it's that smooth transition of information very quickly back and forth. And then also we're looking at, you know, how can we do that to tie in more farm controls back and forth across. So uh, obviously with the New Holland Drive Autonomous Concept Tractor, the Internet of Things is pretty much in our mind and we're, we're working on that pretty hard. And, uh, like we were just talking about a little bit ago, so we're we're looking to move forward with that here, and this fall we start doing some some real life customer uh, evaluations with that out in the field, and can put that in some real life situations versus some of the more research based ones that we've done in the past, and we're looking to see how that what opportunities that really starts to open up and where that's going to develop into. Uh, we're still progressing on the same game plan that we thought we were at about last year when we unveiled it. Uh, we're starting to work with different platforms as we're showing here. So that, that's just gonna continue to evolve and grow. And then it's tying together with some of the suppliers that we have out there, uh, different connectivity and how can we bring different pieces of information and share that very quickly and make the best decision. I mean, everything about precision farming is is continuing to, to move forward to, to smartphones, to tablets, uh, to the connectivity so that if you like an agronomist who lives in California and you happen to be farming in Ontario, you can work with that agronomist, you can have that answer right away. So making sure that we have that, that flow and transfer of data and that we're transferring the correct data. That's really what we're, we're working on right now to make sure that we're giving our customers the best opportunity to move their data as safely and securely and quickly as they can so they can get the right answers to make the right decisions to be profitable. And obviously, I mean, uh, you guys have are, are heavily invested in some of the conceptual things that you guys are looking to right. develop here, and, and that you know is in a variety of different areas, but at the same time, you mentioned that connectivity. and. How do you kind of envision you know some of this being tied together when you're when you're kind of uh, under that IoT umbrella? I mean, imagining that you know there's going to be some intersection there amongst a lot of these, whether it's going to be you know the equipment functionality, functionality, the technology integration, and, and I mean, it seems like all the pieces are going to have to fit together pretty soon. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's one of the challenges that we've had in the past when you start talking about precision farming with a lot of guys, because if you look at basically any precision offering that we have out there. It started as a bolt-on aftermarket product, and it has grown into OEM, OEM factory fit offerings now, and we continue to have aftermarket products that continue to evolve with that. So that's gonna continue to be the process that's gonna just keep happening because you know we have to have a, enough interest from the consumers before we can afford to change all the tooling in the factories, but we see that is that is moving so quickly. So making sure that as we move forward, one of the things we like to talk about with precision land management is it an open, connected, smart, and supported system. So those first two things about being open, connected is where we're, you know, that's that's our focus on for right now and moving into the future. Then of course the the smartest we want it to be easy to use. We have people want. Uh, app-based systems, you know, everyone's got at least one smartphone, if not two on them. All the kids have uh, iPads, they keep them quiet in the car. So it's very quick, very intuitive. Guys are used to this system, this, you know. So we're looking to move more towards that direction so that user interface is, is identical across our entire product offering. So they don't have to figure like they've learned 
several different systems, new systems like that, keep everything very simple, but then also make sure they've got the support from the dealership and from the brand that they need. So that if there is an issue and if there is a stoppage, they can get up and get going. And that's one of the things that we talked about with our connectivity is becoming more and more valuable, uh, especially with some of our guys. So, so Western Canada, I was able to go up there this summer, meet with some, uh, some of the dealers, spend some time with them. And they might have a three, four hour drive for the tech to reach them. So as long as we've got the connectivity, they can get in there with our PLM Connect portal, access and see what's going on if they need to make a, a quick adjustment. A lot of the things we have on our new equipment is uh, a setting can be off. And you know, changing one setting because a hired hand may not have fully understand what he was touching in the monitor or, or change something there, was trying to change the radio station, hit the wrong button, or for whatever reason, put, the, put a different head on the combine than what he thought he would. You know, a simple setting change, if you have it set correctly, you could see a two, three, four, five percent increase in, in efficiency. And, you know, when you're talking about the, the acres that we're talking about in several parts of North America, as well as the, the fuel usage and everything else, it adds up so quickly. One of the difficult things about agricultural production is that our wholesale prices as, as a producer have not really gone up proportionally with our costs. So those margins are tighter and tighter. So we have to be more efficient. And the best way to do that is with precision farming and with New Holland. That's why we're focused on making a, our precision land management part of our everyday business. So it's in every conversation across our entire product offering. So we have something that we can work on some level uh, with every customer out there. And I say some level because obviously I talk about you know a Boomer 24 uh, tractor. Less precision farming offering I have on that than I do have on the Genesis TA tractor. So give and take, but we, we can actually you know, we can put guidance out there on that so you can have uh, guidance on that as well. So if you want to make sure that your lawn is perfectly straight, we can help you out with that as well. We'll hear more from companies in just a moment with their insights, but I did want to again thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for making this program possible. And also welcome in Wade Barnes, president and CEO of Farmer's Edge, to offer his perspective on hitting the bullseye with predictive data models to capitalize on the full value of transition to decision ag. Where I think things are going is the movement of where the industry right now is in the business of collecting data. Um, and everybody's doing it in some different ways. I think the when we move from just collecting data and using the data in a manner that changes the lives of the growers, that's when the industry is going to take a giant leap. And, and so there's, there's a lot of people talking about what we're going to do with the data. I think there's two key parts of that. One, the data that you're using, where did you get it and how, and how connected is it to the farmer? And what I mean by that is that if you're going to build models and tools to help farmers make decisions around predictive analytics, you better make sure that the data is incredibly accurate because I think there's this view is as long as we hit the target, we're fine. The reality is when a farmer, I mean, he, he makes 50 decisions a year, but he can't just be good on some decisions and not on others. He's got to be near perfect every decision to make money. And, and our view is that when you move to decision ag, you're going to have to hit the bullseye. You, you don't have to hit it, you know, maybe 100 out of 100, but you're going to have to hit it 98 out of 100 times. And 50 times isn't good enough. And so our view is, is that when you're building a predictive model to tell a guy to go out and spray fungicide on wheat and he's got a three-day window to spray that to protect himself against fusarium and your data that's coming in isn't accurate because the weather station that the data is being derived from is 40 kilometers away 
and and suddenly you know you've missed some of the the, the, the accuracy of the precipitation and you tell the farmer to apply that fungicide a week too late the sprayer shows up to the field they get out and they go we've missed the window and suddenly cost him 10 bushels to the acre and a grade on his wheat was well, going to lose all faith in the product and and so I think for but but the ones that get it right the ones that get the right data they use the data effectively they they, they create uh, decision tools that actually impacts the grower that he could help him make his decision and it's accurate well, that's going to change everything if you think about it at the end of the day if a farmer can be fishing on a boat with his kids and get an alert to his phone saying that you know that essentially that field's ready to spray and he already knows that the his custom guy's on his way to spray the field and he knows that he doesn't need to be standing there in the field to make sure that one it's the right timing and two the field actually gets sprayed that, that's going to change everything because that, that allows a farmer now to spread his management expertise out and a lot more and actually have a life at the same time so so i i i uh, I think there's going to be winners and losers in this space, and the, the, if the winners and the winners will be the ones that can really get the data element right and make the product useful to the grower. So we're obviously hoping we're going to be one of those. So, right, right. so I believe that this data is like oil in the ground, and uh, um, I think I get nervous when farmers. Um, are going to sell that data for a dollar or two dollars an acre because what happens is is that that companies that take that data how they make money is how they monetize that and my, my view is is that if, if I there's so many opportunities beyond the agronomics and I look at the grain marketing and 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 the one thing that um, I, I would say to farmers is think through at the end of the day of, of if you can use that data effectively to get a better price on your corn be 25 cents a bushel um, I, I would focus on companies that are gonna uh, create value that way rather than give it to somebody else who might turn around and monetize it to Cargill or ADM or Syngenta or, or, or Monsanto and so uh, um, and, and, I, and I don't I don't want to say that that's a, ter a terrible idea but um, to me for a buck or two an acre seems uh, um, it seems to be a, a, a pretty low mark for what the value of that data can be and I guess my view is you get a couple of bucks the question is is that that data is valuable if, if everybody if if people can access for a couple of bucks and if you can use your data if, if farmers can use the data to go and and put themselves in a better position in the marketplace to to get better value than that you know rather than somebody acquiring your data for a buck and using that data to, to take a different position with you in the marketplace I don't I don't know if it's worth it so I, I would I would just challenge guys to really think of the value of what their data is worth and 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 you know we've we've had farmers that say look if somebody wants to buy my data I want to sell it to them uh, will you let me and and our view is it's your data, you can do whatever you want with it. So, um, but we also want guys to, to, to think about, uh, uh, um, my grandparents sold uh, their mineral rights uh, for taxes uh, a long time ago. And uh, there's oil wells now on that land. So, so what, what some people say, well, what do I care, a buck or two an acre, it's not gonna be worth, you know, it's not really worth anything. 
um, I, I think data is kind of like you say the new oil and and at the end of the day I wouldn't I wouldn't be giving it away right now and uh, um, so so I, I always have that sort of embedded in my mind when I think about a buck or two for for farmers data thank you Wade for your insights and the potential for farm data to be the oil of agriculture in terms of value let's get back to the program now and hear from Jeff Dickens product sales specialist with Ag Leader Technology on the importance of connecting the dots for farmers when it comes to the applicability of IoT and Ag. Most definitely, yeah. So with, with, with IT and Ag, the one thing I personally have found is, is when you're talking with growers, it's a lot easier to show them than it is to talk to them about it. Um, you know, most, most everybody in the Ag industry already had their smartphones or tablets day in day out they're using a dropbox they're using a google drive they're using something uh very similar to what what everybody in the ag industry is using you know ag leader we have the agfinity it's got the dropbox mentality everything's just stored there you go online you go on your ipad and, and you can view that information so so when you start talking a new product agfinity for example um it's, it's a foreign term that they don't quite understand but when you can show them and show them the interaction and show them how it is like what they use in their day-to-day -day life a lot of a lot of the gears start turning and 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 it's 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 less of a foreign term it's less of a foreign idea that way so you mentioned kind of that you know, show versus tell uh you know playbook that, that you know often uh, kind of resonates with customers um when you're looking at some of those consumer products that everybody's very familiar with the mobile devices you know and then kind of bringing that into kind of the internet of things evolution that we're starting to see in egg. Um, you know, how do you see that transition taking place now and with, you know, some of the uh, kind of the innovations that are going to come forward and, and how's that going to be adopted now into some of the products that we're seeing? I think, I think what you're going to end up seeing is just more direct uh, connectivity, whether, whether that's um, an easier, more direct connection from displays to, to the clouds. Um, more of a direct connection, um, for, for lack of better terms, more of a real-time update from the display to the mobile devices. Um, I say, I say real-time cautiously because some people think instant, some people are okay with 10 seconds. So, um, but more of that real-time to where you don't have to access it through the cloud and download stuff like that. Um, I think, I think that's where it's going to end up going. Uh, you know, several products on the market today have have some delay, or they have some. Uh, they're, they're set up to where uh, uh, they don't provide the real time. Once once something's done, then you can view everything. Um, you know, if you if you think about some of the major ones on the market that everybody uses for 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 documents, uh, some of them you can upload a file, and then anybody can view it when you're done. Um, some have it to where two people, multiple people, can, can work on the same document at the same time. And, and I think that's what you're going to see. Uh, certain items will be set up to where you're done, anybody can view it. And then, um, you know, we already have that today with several products. Um, and, and if you look at, at our display cast, that's kind of the multiple people working on the same document at the same time. Um, now there's there's more ways to expand all that and and i think that's where you're going to end up seeing things go uh over the next five years so to say you mentioned that everybody kind of has a 
a different tolerance level for uh, how long they're willing to wait for something, you know, and I think we probably, you know, we're in a culture now where, where patience is somewhat of a virtue when it you're is. talking about getting that information. So, um, again, when you're looking at that IoT concept, do you see that as something that's going to make things a little bit more fluid? Are we going to see, you know, things speed up or, or is it going to take a little while to get there? Do we have some challenges to overcome? I, I don't think there's really any challenges. I mean, if you, if you, if you look at if you look at the Internet of Things as a whole, not necessarily just ag, we're already there. Um, and, and fortunate enough for the ag industry, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, instead of uploading a Word document, we're uploading coverage maps. Um, process is the same. Now, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a computer writer, so <laughs> I, I'm going to say that. Somebody listening to this is probably going to start laughing at me because they, they are a computer writer. Um, but, but at the end of the day, the, the wheel's already invented. Um, you know, ag leaders got the right guys in the right spot. They know what they're doing. Um, they just got to get it to where it's a, a usable form and a, a, a uh, appealing to the eye, if you want to say. Uh, but but I, I think with, with the groundwork that all other Internet of Things people have done, uh, we can jump on that bandwagon and just, we should be able to just go pretty quick with it. It's just, what, what does the end user really want? And, and until we can, to some extent, we as an industry, I don't want to say bad term is we have to tell them what they want. Um, but if we don't at least give them something that they don't know they want, they don't know they need, will never get it to what their mind truly wants. You don't know what you want until you have it, um, but you don't know what your final want is until you at least have a, a start. And so we, we gotta get it to that point as an industry to where the word data, uh, the word cloud, isn't, uh, isn't just a, a mind-blowing terminology. Throughout our company discussions, we found there were a variety of definitions for the Internet of Things and its integration into agriculture. Cody Light, Senior Marketing Specialist with Agco, offered his take on how farmers' familiarity with consumer-friendly technology can lessen the learning curve of IoT and ag. It's a big word, right? It, it's very generic. So one thing that Agco is doing is, is everybody, for the most part today, has some type of smart consumer device, whether it's a, a smartphone, tablet, um, smart TV, whatever that may be. So one thing as a consumer, you know, even yourself, you want to be able to use something that's, that's unique that you already know as well. So how can we take what you use on a daily basis and incorporate that into farm equipment? You know, so some of the ideas is, is making it, making apps that can actually control machines. Um, that way a consumer has an interface that they're already used to. So with all these machines, no matter what color they are, they have a unique and kind of proprietary user interface in the machine. It's something that, that farmers and consumers have to relearn every time they buy something because there's always something new, right? New updates, etc. But what they use on a daily basis is a smart device. So if we can help integrate smart devices from a internet side of functionality into the machines, we feel like we could have a little bit of an edge because that will give us one, along with a few strategies, the open approach, 
the data privacy, the mixed fleet coordination. So not only with, with our machines, but maybe competitive. So just really tying in that consumer device that everybody's used to into our machines is, is kind of what we're thinking about. It, it seems to be a pretty new concept in agriculture and, and maybe uh, a little abstract uh, still. So when looking at kind of the opportunity you see with that, um, kind of drawing some of that consumer familiarity that obviously uh, farmers are going to have with their smartphones or other mobile devices, bringing that into agriculture. I mean, we've seen so much of that already on the precision side, but what's the next step when you're talking about IoT and, and kind of adding that extra layer of functionality? Well, it, it's getting the internet into the cab to make the machine smart. So it's not about browsing YouTube and, and looking at email. I mean, it's really about trying to make that machine smarter and more connected. So if, if, we, can, if we can do that and provide direct connections to to pieces of the internet that are important to the customer from commodity prices, weather, things of that nature, and integrate it into the machine, I think that's where things are gonna be more beneficial than instead of just having an internet browser on a terminal. And a lot of this seems to be wrapped around simplicity too, and trying to make things more accessible and easier for the farmer. Uh, obviously something I'm sure you're hearing from customers, that's what they want, and that's where they want things to move toward, but what do you see as some of kind of the bigger challenges when bringing this IoT into ag and making it, uh, I guess, that easy button that farmers are looking for? Well, one, it's, it's like you said, it's new, right? I mean, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a mixture of, of farmers out there. You got the progressive ones, you got guys that are more, uh, I don't really like change. So how can we hit everybody, right? Try to smack it in the middle to make everybody happy. Uh, I think one of the biggest hurdles today is just the overall data privacy and security. You know, people want to know that their data is safe no matter what they're doing. And when you start broadcasting things over internet, there's a lot of smart people out there that can kind of tie into that into that data. So that that's one thing is really making sure that the machine that has the smarts in it from an internet perspective is extremely secure. And that, you know, from an agco approach, data privacy is one of our big, big deals anyways. You know, from an agronomic perspective, we don't store any data, we don't keep it. We just provide that pipeline to get it to your provider. So I think that's one of the big things is making sure that it's secure and giving the, the growers that, that warm, fuzzy feeling that everything's going to be okay in their machine and that nobody can tie into it and, and take control of the machine if that's what they're going to try to do. So security, I think, would be one of the big ones. Finally, kind of looking at your, your dealer network, now, obviously, you know, when you're talking about the precision specialists, they're kind of on the forefront, the front lines of kind of incorporating some of that connectivity, that functionality for customers. What do you see their role in the IoT evolution here? How are they going to be the ones that are kind of bridge this gap for customers, bringing this additional level of, of internet simplicity uh, on the farm? Well, the, the dealer precision farming people are really our bridge to the customer from an OEM manufacturing standpoint. So uh, really, they're the ones that here, they have the feet on the ground working with the customers. So from an agco perspective, it's really about getting them more engaged and, and we have been doing that with more with voice of customers, voice of dealer uh, projects, as well as putting together dealer panels to hear, hear more about what they have to say and trying to incorporate the ideas that they're hearing from the customers into, into our future project. While aspects of IoT are already integrated in agriculture, companies are eyeing future opportunities and challenges with further advancing automated platforms. This was discussed during our conversation with TopCon CEO, Fabio Isaia, who talked about the industry's transition toward creating a recurring revenue model with precision platforms. 
I joined Topcon in 2008 uh, as a CEO of Tierra, which is a joint venture Topcon has uh, out there in, in Italy about telematics. Um, we have grown the business quite well, especially on the construction side of the business. Um, that seems like being more mature and more ready to, you know, to adopt that kind of technology. And we have always struggled, to be honest, a bit to enter the agriculture side of Topcom. Then I would say beginning last year, which is uh, 2016, uh, we start talking about the future of agriculture within Topcom. So many, many companies had been acquired at that time. It was time to put them together. But with this transformation, we wanted to take the opportunity to make a quantum leap. And a quantum leap is also the technology we want to use to put everything together. So the creation of a platform that could drive all the different pieces together, you know, and drive the consolidation of the company. And that's mainly my, my task from day one. And the moment they picked me, to be honest, I was, of course I was, well, honor, glad, scary. <laughs> of course, it's a big endeavor, you know, Absolutely. you can imagine. Uh, but I realized in that moment that was the, the right choice, not only because I believe in myself, and, uh, but because I believe, okay, this is, this is the right approach. So it's not only about agriculture now, finally, it's about technologies, about the futures, about software, it's about subscription kind of revenue and recurring revenue, which is all I've done in the past year with the telematic service. So they have taken a, a guy coming from there and uh, they've given, okay, Fabio, now you build a similar business to what you've done in the past. You know, and all this, everything you see around here becomes just sensors attached to the IoT platform. Okay, so that's why I'm somehow, you know, I'm, I'm always shy to talk about all the different, you know, technical aspects of the ag stuff because it's not my background. Right. Okay. But what I know, they are sensors. And uh, it's not very true, but I think that is enough for me. So we are putting all that together, we are driving there let's say their convergence on the platform. We are building, we are rebuilding all our software to be piece vertical application of the platform. And we're going to sell them through subscriptions instead of, you know, license. So it's a big transformation. We, we, this is what we believe is gonna happen everywhere. We see the big manufacturer are trying to go that way. Uh, so the market eventually will go that way. I mean, everything now is connected. We are all connected. We are now very used to use application ourselves, like you know, normal consumer people. And we believe that the inter agriculture market will follow as well. This is exactly what we're doing now. And this, I'm glad, this is, again, driving the consolidation of our brands, of our companies. Uh, it's a group of 500 people worldwide. And, uh, you know, we needed our path to follow and this IoT thing is exactly what we needed. Well, you mentioned uh, so much of it and, and it's been talked about here today as well that uh, you know kind of the bringing that consumer technology you know into egg now and that, that's a big transition even though people are so used to smartphones and tablets and, and you know uh, the simplicity of internet and being able to navigate that but it's different you know and, and you know we've seen pieces of that um, but it sounds like you know 
there's opportunity still to really drive that further and, and whether it's you know that consolidation but, piece yeah that's the challenge yes yeah the challenge is also to let all the farmers know that is not a toy that's the thing and not because you're using your tablet it means it's a toy not at all so what we believe is our strength is going to be provides always the best hardware and the best the most uh, accuracy for gps system for guidance for weighing system but all the pieces all the information coming out will be available and accessible through what we are used to do as a yeah as a phone or as a tablet but still our strengths you know is the full package altogether because it's you know it's a great value in the hardware great value in information coming out from the hardware great value for the application we believe in the full chain so come so topcon has always been there for the great uh, for the great hardware we want to keep working on that because this is our asset but on top of this we want to build our strong future for the best application out there and obviously, I mean, we're talking about uh, precision ag and technology, uh, even IoT. It's, it's very much a global culture yeah, now. of course. Um, you know, looking at it from that global perspective, and obviously with what you guys are doing, being very diversified, very, yeah. very global, what are you seeing, you know, uh, overseas, internationally, you know, as far as the, the evolution of this, you know, compared to what we're seeing in North America? Maybe, uh, but Europe, well, Europe by definition is, I mean, is a, is a melting pot. Uh, we have countries uh, like the uh, the Netherlands, uh, which is number one, which is so small, but it's I mean the best in class. We have Southern Europe, uh, where I mean this precision agriculture is uh, entering. Um, we have I mean large countries like Ukraine and Russia, where we see the value. They are not ready, but they are arriving. I mean everything is different, but but I believe that. Uh, it will happen very soon. I mean, we have also a great interest from China now. I mean, the government in China is pushing harder on, you know, on, on the adaption, and it will happen. I mean, not talking about Australia. Australia is already there. You know, South Africa is already there. South America is coming, especially for the sugarcane business. Of course, there is very big. Uh, but they have other issues with, uh, with stability of the countries there. But I mean, the market in principle is there. But we talked a little bit about some of the challenges, but, uh, you know, in terms of uh, that adoption curve, and you mentioned, you know, it's going to be a matter of not only, uh, you know, informing the end user, the farmer, uh, but it's also going to be a matter of, of the dealer being a big part of that, yeah. too. So, and obviously, you know, with, with the network uh, that's established, you know, how do you see them fitting into this piece of the puzzle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're touching all the nerves here. <laughs> of course, uh, the dealer is going to be key. I mean, we can't believe that we can live without them, not at all. But they, I mean, they themselves had to step up, you know, and embrace the technology. I mean, they, they cannot think that in 15 years from now, their job will be exactly like today. So also for them, it's a great challenge, you know, to step up, embrace the technology and, you know, changing the mindset start thinking about subscription and how this technology can be good for them as well. We believe in the, let's say, in the fact that the, the technology is, uh, I mean, has uh, benefits for the interchain. You know, you consider it is a benefit for us as a company, for the manufacturer of the iron, for the manufacturer of the implement, for the dealer, for the agronomist, for the end user. So 
going back to the IoT, the platform, I mean, is the structure so that all the different uh, stakeholders, you know, can connect and get the piece they need. But, I mean, dealer, I mean, we expect a lot from them. We have a great expectation and we see already the ones that, you know, have the, the right mindset we need compared to the one that have not. And I believe that this, again, will drive, you know, a, a new generation of dealers. I mean, they have to change and they have to follow. And I believe that they will. And it's going to be a success for everybody. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned kind of the generational, uh, you know, element yeah, that, too, that which, will help. That will help for sure. Right. I mean, it's, that will huge. help for sure. But I, I, I mean, we've been discussing and it was funny because I would leave right before summer. We, we had a, a discussion internally you know, about a dealer that was, you know, quite rigid. And, uh, and, he, and he was all about discount and hardware. And uh, I mean, and I was pretty strong in that discussion. I said, I mean, I don't, I don't mind about the dealer asking the discount. I mean, give the discount to him. But tell him that if he's not going to change in five years from now, it will be gone. So they should start, you know, changing the attitude and understanding that it's not just a matter of discount. I mean, the discount, the, the, today's battle is that, but I mean, but it's not going to be the case in a few years from now. Right. Well, so it's, it's an evolutionary process. Is, yeah, for everybody. Yes. For everybody. So, I mean, they have to be game. Absolutely. There is uh, no need we can, we can and we want, uh, you know, cut them out. I mean, we have no, I mean, we need them. It's like, I mean, it's a mutual interest. Uh, they need a strong Topcon and we need a strong dealers because otherwise we cannot get to the market. We have no way to get to the end user. We, we can't support them. I mean, there is, there is a work and a job for everybody. But it's going to be different, and uh, I mean, they have to understand that. Well, thank you to each of the companies for sharing their time and perspective at this year's Farm Progress Show. And those listeners who would like to see more of our coverage of the event can visit www.precisionfarmingdealer.com. And once again, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast series in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And you can also keep up on the latest Precision Farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter and be sure to follow us on twitter at pfd editors and on our precision farming dealer facebook page finally another quick reminder and invitation to attend the third precision farming dealer summit which will be held january 8th and 9th in louisville again the theme of this dealer only event is bridging the precision profitability gap and will feature a mix of general sessions panel presentations and roundtable discussions For more information and conference announcements, visit www.precisionsummit.com. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on September 27th for the next episode in our 2017 podcast series. 
And stay tuned for more speaker and program details on the 2018 Precision Farming Dealers Summit. For those companies we visited during the Farm Progress Show, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.